Today's message is one of encouragement, one of soberness. It's a call to us to be ready, to get ready. We know that it's true that this world and each one of our lives will have an end. And so we need to get ready for that day. We have been studying in 1 Corinthians. The lessons have been coming there. And one of the first lessons of vital importance is this idea that there will be an end. We see that word end in verse number 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. End. An end is coming. There's a time that's coming when we will need to be ready to answer to God. So let's get ready. This is a time of year. The idea of getting ready is one that we're very aware of. Particular when you think of fall. For me, when I start hearing the, uh, the cicadas singing outside, that was always a trigger to me. Growing up on the farm in Indiana, that it was time to go back to school. It's time for summer to end and get ready for school. Get ready. We have all kinds of things that we're always getting ready for. This time of year, get ready for school. You know, we might have a job. Well, in the morning, every single morning, it's get ready for work or get ready for school. And there's maybe just a few of us that's like, oh, I don't have that get ready anymore. Some of us are retired and we don't have that getting ready. But there's always something, isn't there? Is retirement, you, you don't have anything to get ready for anymore? Is that, Jane, Jane's laughing, no. We have vacations to get ready for. Retirement, most of our lives are spent. We've got to get ready for retirement. When, um, when we're in school or when we're parents, we're getting ready for sports. If you're in sports or other activities, you're getting ready for game day. If you're in cheerleading, you have to go to practices, don't you, and get ready. When you're in soccer, you have practices so you can get ready for the big game, don't you? When you have tests coming up in school, you've got to get ready. There's always something to get ready. Be prepared for. Maybe at work, you've got to get ready for uh, that big meeting that's coming up. Maybe something has changed with the mechanics of things. You've got to get ready for the new improvement and the new things that are changing. There's always things to get ready for. So we've got to be prepared. And as we uh, think about school, actually I was thinking a minute ago as I was sitting there, I, want to, I just want to pause, thinking about school time. Let's pause. Uh, are you, you young ones back in school yet? Not yet. Coming up quick, though, isn't it? Let's pause. Let's all pray for our kids as they're getting ready to go back to school. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for all of our children. We thank you that they have schools available to them so that they can go and learn. And uh, we pray that they'll take all of those things that they learn and, and use them in their lives and have great minds so that they can... Uh, just be great and wonderful contributing members of our society. We pray above all, Lord God, that as they uh, 
learn those things in the books and learn how to live. We pray that they would learn how to do right and to serve you above all. I pray, God, as they go back to school, I pray that they would remember that their job is to learn how to please you. And they don't have to be too awfully concerned with pleasing other people or thinking about what they think. But their first and foremost priority is always to live to please you. Help them always to remember they answer to you and serve you. And that you're the one who in that final day will give them a great and wonderful reward. So bless them, Father. Uh, Help them be dedicated to you and help them to do their very best in school and in all that they do. We love you and we thank you in the name of Christ. Amen. So an end is coming. We're reminded of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to go ahead and read verses 7 and 8. And I know this is at the end of a lengthy sentence, but we got to get to it today. Verse 7 says, So that you are not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, excuse me, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We must prepare for the end. Verse 8 mentions the end. It's not telling us, it's not calling us to prepare for the end, but it's reminding us that there is an end coming. An end will come. In this verse, 1 Corinthians 1.8, it equates the idea of the end with the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to that verse that says, um, it's talking about Jesus, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we want, is at the end, we want to be confirmed by Christ Jesus. We want Him working through us all the days of our lives. And in that end, on that day of Christ, we will be found to be blameless. The end equals, it's the same as, the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The end, the idea of the judgment to come, that is called the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can turn to 2 Corinthians, the very next book in your Bibles, and you can see the same uh, kind of construction in, in the thoughts that he has at the very beginning of his letter when he writes again to the Corinthians. This is Paul writing. Well, the Holy Spirit through Paul, I will say. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses uh, 13 and 14, it says, For we write nothing else to you than what you read and understand, and I hope you will understand until the end, just as you also partially did understand us, that we are the reason to be proud, excuse me, that we are your reason to be proud, as you also are Ours in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice he's at the end of verse 13, he's talking about the end. And at the end of verse 14, he's talking about the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is equating these two things. He wants to be proud of his students at the end. And he wants his students to be there at the end to be proud of him, saying, confirming him that you are the one who taught us well so that we can be here on that day. 
The end is equal to the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The end is also equated or equal to the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. The revelation, the revealing of Him. And this hopefully makes sense to most of us. The final day, the day of judgment is when Christ will appear and coming down on the clouds of the sky. That's the revelation when Jesus is revealed and we get to see him on that wonderful day. Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 7 is where that language comes from. It says, so that you are not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there is that concept in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. At the very beginning of the book, Paul is telling them, I want you to be anxious for something, eagerly awaiting. And not an anxious as in, oh, we're nervous and nelly, or we're, we're worried about something, but this longing expectation, I can't wait for this to happen. And that is when Jesus is revealed. We are anxious for that. We are longing for that. When we think about that, it puts a smile on our face. No matter how difficult this world is, and actually the more difficult the world gets, the more it makes us long for His appearing. How wonderful that is to have that hope. How wonderful it is to know that we are in Him. This idea of being confirmed in Him. We know we're in Him. That assurance of faith. That assurance that someday He is going to come take us home just like He promised. He's got a place prepared for us. He will return so that where He is, there we may be with Him also. We long for that day that Jesus comes and takes us home to our Father. That is what is, will happen for the saints at the end. Those who are in Christ, at the end, on the day of the Lord Jesus, when Jesus Christ is revealed, we will be called up together with Him. We will see Him and be taken up with Him. We eagerly await that day. So the day of the Lord, we're grabbing hold of that, that phrase, the day of the Lord, connected with the end, connected with judgment, connected with Jesus being revealed from heaven. Let's look at that phrase. And that phrase was used first in, in verse number 7. Eagerly awaiting the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we go to Philippians chapter 3. Let's think about that eagerness. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. Tail end of this chapter says in the, in the verse that's going to have this eagerly awaiting for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, that's in verse 20. So we're building up to that verse. So listen to what he's talking about. How we live is how we are getting ready. So listen. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk of whom I often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction. Think about that. There is our other word, end. Paul's saying, look at my example. Don't look at them. 
Their end is destruction. If you see them and you see what they're doing, you hear what they're saying, avoid them. Follow me. Their end is destruction. Verse 19, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Now just pause with me for a second. Setting your mind on earthly things. Man, we've got all kinds of things we're getting ready for. We have to. We've got to be ready for everything that comes along in this life. We can be thinking about those things. We can be doing those things. We can be getting our degrees. We can be climbing the corporate ladder. We can be doing those things. We can be very conscientious about those things, getting the A on the test. We can do that. But our mind has to be set on something greater. Don't let your mind getting on those things take you off of the other thing that is so very much more important. Verse 20, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things, subject all things Excuse me, to himself. We're eagerly awaiting this. We're longing for this day. Our mind is set on heaven where our citizenship lies. We do all the things that we do down here and work the way we work because we want to honor God and we do the things we do with all our might like we're working for him, but we have our mind set on going to be with him in heaven someday. We eagerly await that day when he's going to come back and take us home to where we belong. That's where our citizenship is. We eagerly, we are eagerly waiting for the day of our Lord. Are you eagerly waiting? Are you thinking about that day? Kids are filled with excitement about school coming up. Maybe some of them a little bit of dread, right? There's always a little nervousness. But we long for those things. We long for the things we get ready for. Are you ready? Are you awaiting the day that Jesus comes back? We should be eager for that day. Because as the next point in the outline says, Jesus He's the one who makes us ready for that day. He's the one that's preparing us. He's the one who gets that credit. Notice the language in 1 Corinthians where we read verses 1, uh, verses 7 and 8. Both both of these verses, I went back to 2 Corinthians. Now we're here. 7 and 8. So that you are not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end. It's Jesus confirming you. It's Jesus making you ready. It's Jesus putting his stamp of authenticity on you that you are the real thing. He's the one that has the password that lets you in. He's the one confirming you. Can you confirm who you are? 
take out your ID and you show who you are. Jesus is the one who is letting God know who you are. He's the one making you ready, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. How can you be blameless? Get into Christ. Clothe yourself with Christ. That's why these waters that are behind me are so important, and it's not these waters. It's a symbol, isn't it? When you give your life to Christ, when you are buried in any body of water, you're immersed and brought back up, you're raised to life. Because when you are baptized, Scripture tells us, we are clothed in Christ. We're buried with Him so that we can rise up and live with Him. It's when we receive that wonderful spirit that he gives us. If we want to be blameless, we got to be in Christ. He's the one who washes us by his wonderful blood that we remember as we partake of these emblems each Sunday. He took the punishment that we deserve. We're reminded every Sunday that we are not deserving of heaven, but for some reason God loves us so much that he let his own son take our place and take the punishment, take the death that we deserve, and then we get his wonderful righteousness and blamelessness and his wonderful position as a child of God. We receive all of those blessings. It's all in Christ. We can't earn any of that. We can't stand before God someday and say, hey, God, look at me. See all those other people out there? Yeah, they're a bunch of bums, but look at me. I did good, didn't I? No, on that final day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will fold. Every tongue will confess. But that idea of bowing down is all of us just seeing the greatness of God. And falling before him and saying, I'm not worthy. But when we're in Christ, when we're confirmed by him, when we are blameless in him, then we have some hope. Then we have some joy, knowing that Jesus makes us ready for that day. Philippians 1, 6 Uh, It it speaks about this idea of what God does in us. Him getting us ready. Just verse number 6 in Philippians 1. I am confident of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And there is the language again. The day of Christ Jesus And it's God who begins something in each one of us. He's going to keep working at it. He's going to bring that to completion. It is going to be perfect. The work of God in our lives is going to be made perfect, full, complete on that final day. That's a good thing. That's the change that's going to take place on that final day. When we are made into the very image of Christ. We will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Jesus is making us ready for that day. So he does this wonderful good work, but we've got to submit to it. We've got to participate in it. We can't just get immersed into Christ and be raised up and then go out living like the rest of the world. We've got to walk in the way that he has asked us to walk. He gets the credit for the work, but we've got to submit to it. 
So we look, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, again, I think you'll see the, the language of end and the day of our Lord Jesus Christ in these, all these verses that have been selected. In our same book, chapter 5, verse 5, it says, I've decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So here was a church that had a problem with a sinner. Well, they were ignoring the problem with the sinner. Paul saying, hey, you got you to tell this guy he's sinning and uh, have a little discipline going on here. And he describes this as handing the guy over to Satan. Handing him over to Satan. Why? So that maybe he'll come to his sentence, senses, come back to God, cling to Jesus, and in that final day, his spirit will be saved. His spirit will be delivered. He will be ready for the end. We must be ready for that day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 2. I want to read this, and uh, we're going to end up reading a longer passage, but look at verse chapter 5, verse 2. It says, For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. That's the language that Jesus used, isn't it? The day will come like a thief. You've got to be ready. Many parables of Christ. He was telling us to be ready. To be on the alert. To be sober minded. If you read this passage, I suggest in the outline that you would follow this and go back to this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 13 all the way to chapter 5 verse 11. We've got to be ready. The day that Jesus comes back, it's going to happen. The day that he's revealed from the heavens, that last trumpet sound, it's going to come. We've got to be ready. He has already offered and, and says, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to be with you to the end. So we've got to be with him so that we can be ready. Don't turn and walk away from Him. Don't try and do things on your own. Don't think you're smarter than Him. You turn to the wonderful book that is, we have been blessed with because these who wrote this, they had the mind of Christ. Paul says right here in 1 Corinthians. He had the mind of Christ. These authors were inspired by God. So let us continue to walk with Christ and to walk in His Spirit so that we can be ready for that final day. Let us be ready for the end. It will come. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back, but neither none of us knows when our final day will come. I'm always reminded of that. When I visit people in the hospital, I'm, I'm like, man, it, it could any day, any day this could happen. It could be their, their, their last breath could come any time. Some of us are in poor health. Our final breath could come. I had an email with one of our dear brothers back and forth a little bit. It's reality is we're going to die. Are you ready? Will you be ready? And the thing that always comes to my mind, and I'm, I'm always reminded of this, and I hope 
it's sincere in my own mind and I'm not fooling myself, but I always say, but they might outlive me. Maybe some of you in the hospital have heard me say that before. You might outlive me. Visit somebody in the, out in the hospital, they're on their deathbed. I'm like, man, you might outlive me. I'm about to go get my car, drive home on 75. It's a lot of fun, let me tell you. We're all risking our lives getting in our cars. We thought COVID was bad, getting in your car. That's dangerous too. Life is a risk. We don't know when we're going to die. It's always sad to see people lose their kids. You're not supposed to, your children aren't supposed to die before you do. It's an awful thing to talk about death. It stirs us up. I'm stirred just with the thought of death of others. And the thing is, in Christ, in Jesus, we can be ready. We've got to be ready. We get ready for school. We get ready for our vacations. We get ready for that meeting. We get ready for this, that, and the other thing. Ready, ready, ready. But are we ready for the day that we take our final breath? Are we ready to see Jesus? Are we ready for the day of the Lord? That's what matters most. In comparison, the important... I was going to... Comparison to getting ready for school, getting ready for a test or something for work. We've got to get ready for those things. But compared to getting ready to meet those Lord, those meet the Lord, those other things do not matter. In comparison, the only thing that matters is being ready to meet Jesus. That is all that matters. When you get that one right, when you are ready to see him then all these other things are going to fall into place too. You're still going to get ready for those things. You're not just going to say, oh, I'm ready to meet God and I don't have to do anything anymore. No. But this is the only question that matters. And we've got to be ready. Don't get distracted by the world and its junk. I was going to try and make this one shorter today. <laughs> Didn't work, did it? got to be ready. It's all that matters. Maybe help somebody else to get ready too. That's important. That matters. Let us not prepare for things in this life. Let's not get ready for this, that, and the other thing and not be ready for the end. Are you ready? The invitation comes to you today. For those of us who are in Christ, we call out today, I want you to be ready. I want you to give your life to Jesus, be immersed into Him and raised up so that you can walk with Him down that narrow path so that on that final day, whenever it may come, or whenever your final breath may come, you're going to be ready. We want you to give your life to Jesus. We want you to live in Him and know that He has washed you and cleansed you by His very own blood. If you need to respond today, if you need to give your life to Christ, if you need to be immersed into Him, now is the time. 
Won't you please come as we stand together and sing?